You know, owning a dog is a lot of responsibility and taking care of their basic needs isn't always as simple as it may seem. If you're feeding your dog kibble food, you're not really giving them the level of nutrition that they really need. This is why uh, Uno gets a couple of scoops of kibble food along with Rough Greens. Rough Greens isn't a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the dog's food created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. And it's full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. You name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. And most dogs love it and will go crazy for it. My dog, Uno, went from the pickiest eater on the planet to wolfing his food down every time somebody would put it in front of him. Try it out with your own dog. You'll see what I mean. Get the first trial bag for free. You just pay for shipping at roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33, roughgreens.com slash back. All right. We continue uh, with uh, your take on what happened in the debate last night. Uh, and it is a chance now for Blaze TV subscribers to get in. Uh, we'll put you to the top at 888-727-BECK. Just tell them that you're a Blaze TV subscriber and uh, you'll get to the top of the list. All right. Back in a minute. Sick Twisted Freak, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We are taking your phone calls today. The media is all screwed up. They have no idea who won. I want to hear from you who won the debate last night. If you if you were one of them that could find Superstation WGN uh, and you could you watched it on television, I'd like to hear from you. Or if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, it was pretty easy to find it here at Blaze TV. Um, we want to hear, what did you go in with? And what did you come out with? Was any was anybody's mind changed or solidified? Mine wasn't necessarily changed, maybe the order, but it was very close in my mind. But it was absolutely solidified last night. Out of the four on the stage, if those were the only four, I know who I would vote for positively, absolutely. And that happened to me last night. Love to hear from you. 888-727-BECK. We begin in 60 seconds. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is delivering on its commitment to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes during their annual season of hope. Between now and Christmas, 
The foundation is delivering mortgage-free homes to dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, the first responders, the gold star, and fallen first responder families. Let me tell you about one of these heroes. Captain James Howard served for years, mostly in the 82nd Airborne. He was training for special forces, but unfortunately he had several serious injuries and today he is a c5 quadriplegic meaning he's paralyzed from the chest down tunnel to towers gave captain howard and his family a fully adapted mortgage-free smart home to help ease a financial burden and make the day-to-day movements of his life easier when you donate to tunnel to towers this is the kind of project that you're helping fund no better time of the year to help than right now. Honor America's heroes this holiday season. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. Uh, all right. Well, tonight is the first night of Hanukkah, classic Jewish holiday that uh, answers the uh, age-tested formula. They tried to kill us. We're still here. Let's have a donut. Um, yes. Consider- official, that's an official description? It is. It is. Well, fried dough, yeah. So uh, Hanukkah involves eight days of eating large amounts of fried food or fried dough, uh, and that's not a joke, and that's why I'm considering, I don't know, uh, <laughs> maybe we should put a little more emphasis on the Jewish side of Judeo-Christian, you mm-hmm. know? We get donuts. Anyway. Uh, it's also an uh, a an odd holiday. Its story has no book. The book uh, the books of Maccabees exist, but they are not in Jewish canon. They were actually preserved by Christianity. And when locking that canon, the sages apparently felt uncomfortable with the books of of Maccabees, not because they weren't relevant, but most likely because they were too relevant. Uh, it risked making waves at the time when Jews were, again, dependent on the mercies of others. So on Hanukkah, Hannah, uh, uh, candles are lit for eight days, and it commemorates the miracle of one day's pure oil burning for eight days, the miracle of the oil. When the Maccabees re-consecrated the temple in Jerusalem, it burned for eight days. But the real story actually has to do with that as much as Christmas has to do with cre- trees and presents. And this relates to everyone, especially those in America today and those in the Western world. It takes place in the mid-2nd century BCE, sometime after Alexander the Great. The Greeks were ruling the known world, uh, including the backward corner still known then as Judea, a polytheistic um, culture dominated. Um, And first it was just toleration for local religion and custom, and then less and less until eventually the local Greek overlords tried to erase Judaism. Oh, again. And they tried to force people to worship idols. And the king thought that everybody ought to worship his idols or die. And that's usually how it runs. First, you're told you need to tolerate this. Um, And who are you to say otherwise? And if you tolerate them, then we'll tolerate you. I promise. I pinky promise. Then you're told that your God uh, is is not really God. And uh, 
their God is not worse than any other God. Certainly, it's not your intolerant God, so pipe down. Then you're told, bow down to the idol along with everybody else or else, right? Familiar yet? This happens every time the world tries this. Many of the Jews at the time went along seeking refuge through assimilation into the dominant culture. See Germany as an example. But then some of the extremists went and spoiled the game for everybody. One of the priests said no. And he and his sons took to the hills, starting a hopeless revolt against the mighty Greeks. Except it wasn't so hopeless. In the words of the holiday prayer that begins tonight, God gave victory to the few over the many, and the revolt actually succeeded in restoring Jewish sovereignty and the rededication of the temple. For a brief time, the book continues on with a cautionary tale about what happens when too much power is accumulated in one person, even if they start out as noble and a victor for a righteous cause. Here's a hint. The story doesn't end well. Through the centuries now, Jews have correctly, I think, read this story against assimilation into the current dominant culture at the cost of the abandonment of Judaism. Also, to teach that Jews should stick with God, even when that may be dangerous. I want to show you, if you happen to be watching Blaze TV, I want to show you a very famous picture um, in uh, a Berlin window. This was taken in 1931, and it's a picture of a menorah in the front of a window. The house is owned by, was owned by a rabbi, and he put the menorah in the front window. Anti-Semitism was starting to run rampant, but he decided, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hide my light, and he put his menorah right in the front window. The reason why this picture is very, very famous is because that window faces in the picture, you'll see a swastika and a banner of the Nazis across the street. It's not just a banner with a swastika across the street, okay? That is uh, the the swastika and banner that marked the the Nazi headquarters. So this was the headquarters of all the Nazis and across the street lived a Jew. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's nice and everything, but I'm not afraid of you. It's an amazing, amazing picture. Um, by the way, on the back of that snapshot on the original, it says, the flag says death to Judaism. The light says Judaism will live forever. It's an amazing picture. Now, Hanukkah is the story, and this is why it's so important to all of us, is the story of the few against the many. Those who should get crushed like bugs facing down the mighty empire and somehow or another coming out on top. Why? Because the cause is just and they stand on the right side. 1776, anyone? Rebels against the galactic empire, good versus evil, David versus Goliath. The kind of story that we tell, we seek out again and again and again because it stirs something deep inside all of us. This is 
our story, or it can be. And it might have to be. The story that tells us, yes, sometimes everyone else can be wrong. That maybe you can be right, even if you're standing all alone and you've scared the piss out of yourself. That just because the majority, even the overwhelming majority, goes along doesn't make it right. The story of Hanukkah is the story of the culture being overtaken by the spirit of the age, which turns out always to be a lie and an evil lie. It tells us that deep within, we know, all of us know when it's a lie. Deep down, when we're told there's settled settled consensus or whatever it is, and we're the only primitives to hold out because an unborn baby is not a person. That man is a woman if he says so. You know, there are just too many humans. We have to get rid, rid of some of the useless ones, you know, for their own good and the good of the planet. We know deep down when somebody is telling us there is no God, no meaning to your life, only submission. And how do we know it's true? How do we know that's a lie? We, re, we know it when we remember the light. The light that Jews all over the world will kindle tonight should speak to us, all of us, because the light is the refusal to quit, to give up when there's no hope. Even, even though the darkness is everywhere, you might be the last spark in sight. The last priest who will just not bow down to the idol. The last one who will just not stand aside, won't stand down, won't sit down, won't shut up. Even when told, the alternative is destruction. It's oblivion. It is death. Don't you dare put that candle in that window. Don't you know there are hundreds of Nazis and all of the leaders of the Nazis in the building directly across the street, what are you doing? You know when somebody says, sit down and shut up or we'll destroy you. You know the exact reverse is true. That giving in means oblivion and death and worse. It means the loss of what is most precious about our existence here on earth. The loss of meaning the, extent, the extinction of everything that is true, the desertion of our reason for being, to be a light against darkness, to stand for what's good and true. And you know that standing up means life itself, even if others are threatening death. Maybe you'll pay a price. But the spark I bear will always live. This Hanukkah, this holiday season, I rejoice at the opportunity to bear the spark. Now of all times, that spark says, I'm alive here and now. I'm here precisely to do this. And so are you. That spark that you light will say the same thing. I'm not alone. I have a power that is stronger than all the powers on earth. 
I know who I am. I know whose light I bear. Every night of Hanukkah, Jews all around the world light one more candle. And the light grows as if one candle lights up the next and the next. As if light and fire like courage is contagious. And guess what? It is. Now let's all go have a donut. If uh, you're a person who has been living with a lot of pain in your life, wouldn't you really love to be free of it? Most of the time, the pain that we experience is caused by inflammation in the body. And if you're if you've tried a bunch of other stuff, maybe even everything you could think of to try, you're probably pretty frustrated now and you're probably dismissing this message. But don't. Please try something new. Try something that's helped a ton of people over the years, including me. Relief Factor isn't a drug. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight that pain by fighting inflammation. It's 100% drug-free. It was developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. And over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them have gone on to order it again and again. And it's 1995. It comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So why not give it a try? Visit relieffactor.com right now, or you can call them at 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. That's 800-4-RELIEF. No better gift you can give yourself or a loved one than feeling good again. Relieffactor.com. 1-800-4-RELIEF. 10 seconds. Station ID. By the way... The last call for um, the, the Glenbeck merch for Christmas. Everything in my shop at glenbeckmerch.com now is 25% off, including the, I mean, just really amazing heavy metal plastic, all fossil fuels made Glenbeck mug. Uh, what is it? Net zero? Tumblr. That, uh, that tumbler? Or- oh, no, no, oh, no. No, no. The opposite of net zero. No, it has a zero. And in fact, it has two zeros and a one. It's <laughs> uh, so. a nice looking cup. And uh, keeps your drinks cold, which is important. Yep. So anyway, you can get it now. Glenn 25, get 25% off everything in my shop at glenbeckmerch.com. Well, let's uh, go to the phones. 888-727-BECK. Last night, we watched the debate. I thought it was very good. The big winner, I thought, was... Uh, Megan Kelly, uh, she she ran the tightest, best debate that we've had out of you know all four of them. This was by far the best. I think we learned the most from this one. Uh, unfortunately, it was probably the least watched. Uh, but I'd like to hear what you went in with, and did your did did your viewpoint solidify or change at all? Uh, let me go to Omar in Washington. Hello, Omar. Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm good. First, um, I'd like to commend you on your bravery and wearing that wonderful scarf you have on today. <laughs> Is that brave? Is that brave? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Thank uh, you. Second, second um, I just want to say that um, I really thought that I took it. Um, he really spoke to uh, a lot of things that I think uh, the corporate media is just not paying any attention to. Um, I think you really resonated with a lot of people. Um, even the the media won't ever actually come out and say that. Yes. 
Well, they they actually came out. I think it was the New York Times that said, you know, he's crazy and, uh, you know, he was into conspiracy theories. Let me get play cut 19, please. Oh, let's not do this again. Cut. Do we have it? I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? That the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11? that the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment (laughs) that actually put up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person on the stage who can say these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday morning quarterbacking and criticizing him when it's convenient. That was a very bold statement. I I thought a very bold statement. Is that what you're talking about, Omar? I, yes, absolutely. Yep. He really didn't pull any punches, and uh, he really took it to the people who uh, needed uh, to hear that. Thank you so much, Omar. I appreciate it. You know, look, I like Vivek. We've had him on the show a bunch of times, uh, you know, but I, he has a weird 9-11 hang-up that, that bothers me. I don't, he's brought it up a bunch of times. Who's talking about 9-11 right now? He keeps bringing it up. He, you know, he, he has done this several times. Uh, I don't know that he's even saying what he actually believes. It seems like it's more than he's saying. So he goes, he he not only goes on Alex Jones's show, but then has Alex Jones come on his show. All right. So hang on just a second. I don't know. What is he saying though? Tell me, give me a list. Wait, wait, give me a list of what he just said. What were the things he just said? I mean, you listen to the same clip I had, but uh, January 6th was an inside job, Yep. which again, we can talk about that one if you want, but uh, 9-11, uh, we, the government lied, lied to, to us, us for 20 years about Saudi, Saudi Arabia's Arabia. role. Now, that statement in and of itself is Hang, a defensible statement. Hang on, that the high-tech uh, system was the one that hijacked 2020. Yeah, that, that was carefully worded, uh, the yep. stolen 2020 election Correct. carefully worded. And that the, the intel agency actually was the one that stole the presidency on a legitimate mm-hmm. election. Okay, mm-hmm. All he's saying is the same thing over and over again. The intel deep state is out of control, and they've been doing it for a long time, and it's time to clean that up. That's how I read that. I don't read that as, oh, I got to bring up 9-11. I bring it as the intel Glenn is Beck out program. of control. Uh, how much do you know about inflation and how it happens? How much do your kids know? Prices go up. That's obvious. But what do you really know about it? What causes it? What makes it worse? What makes it better? Do we get out of this economic sinkhole intact or are we just going to repeat the mistakes of the past and that's going to just drag us completely down? It is important for you and your family to know these things. 
especially going forward in a new generation. It's more important than ever that your kids and grandkids understand the principles of what is going on with our money. The Tuttle Twins would like to enlighten your kids and grandkids and you with a free stocking stuffer. It's a book called The Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. It explains inflation and our money in a way that both kids and adults can enjoy and understand. These books are free until they run out of the extra supply or until the end of this week, whichever comes first. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get this free book. You just pay for shipping. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Teach your kids how to stay ahead of inflation. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn Plus. You'll save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, Megan Kelly is trying to uh, get home to New York for her broadcast today. Uh, so she's on a plane. If her plane happens to arrive, she may pop on in the uh, show today. Um, it, you know, the, the, the left is trying to make, in fact, I saw on MSNBC today, the, uh, the, the formula for the authoritarian right. And they're trying to make uh, everybody that is on the right uh, into some sort of fascist. But let me give you a poll here. Majority of voters now prefer the Reagan model of Reaganomics to Biden's. This is the latest Rasmussen report. By a 52-38 margin, likely voters say they prefer a smaller government with fewer services and lower taxes. Now, the reason why this is important is if you want a small government, you can't be a fascist. Because a small government won't have the controls that a large government has. When asked, does the government spend taxpayers' money wisely and carefully, 72% say no, 16% say yes. And by a 14-point margin, most voters still prefer limited government. Republican voters, 74% overwhelmingly prefer a small government with fewer services and lower taxes, as do 30% of the Democrats. Listen to that. 74 of the Republicans, 74%. Smaller government. Small government for the Democrats, 30%. And those who are independent, 55%. Majority of Democrats, 58% prefer a more active government with more services and higher taxes, as do 21% of the Republicans and 32% of unaffiliated voters. Democrats, 31%, are much more likely than Republicans, 10%, and unaffiliated voters, 6 to say government spends taxpayer money wisely <laughs> and carefully. I'm shocked that those numbers are, uh, are, are that high. Um, we go to Megan Kelly, who uh, is uh, calling us, I think, probably from the airport. Hi, Megan. Hi, Glenn. How are you? I'm great. A little tired, but good. I bet you are. Last night, I said when I first got on today that the big winner last night, I thought, was you. Um, You you were spot on. You asked really tough questions, but you phrased them in a way that conservatives, you know, want to ask them. Uh, I thought you were fair, tough. And when you said 
Nobody can hear any of you. Everybody shut up. You ran a tight ship. You you did a fantastic job last night. Thank you so much, Glenn. Uh, you know, for me, watching some of the earlier debates was very frustrating because it I, I knew that there was a way of controlling them. You know, it was clear to me there there was a way of controlling them. And if you, I have a rapport with all of these guys, same as you do. You know what I mean? They yeah. they know you. If you were out there, they would respect you. They know you don't hate them. You're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to foster a great debate, good TV. And so when we had that opening exchange, for me, it was fun because it was kind of like what I imagine it's like to be in the NBA where you're kind of passing the ball behind your back and somebody catches it with ease and they go. Like we kind of got into a rhythm where I'm like, you go and you go and we make eye contact like I'm coming to you. And that's what I hated about the NBC debate is they just... They didn't let the candidates debate each other. I don't want to hear a Kristen Welker interview of Nikki Haley. Yes. I want the other candidates to talk to Nikki Haley. So anyway, thank you for saying that. It was a relief for me to get out there and let them let them let it rip. So who did you think was the big winner and the big loser? Well, I mean, with all respect to her, I thought Nikki Haley lost last night because she shrunk away like she was not really a presence. And she's been increasing her poll numbers yeah. by getting out there and being pugilistic. And that version of her did not appear on the stage last night. Um, I thought Ramaswamy, <clears throat> if you didn't like him, he became even more unlikable to you. If yeah. you love him, he became even more lovable to you. Mm-hmm. I thought Ron DeSantis had his best debate yet. Yeah. Um, and so I think you could probably say he's the winner because he's in the best poll position of the four. And he not only didn't hurt himself, although there was one bad exchange, um, he didn't hurt himself. He actually did help himself. He was tougher than we've seen. And I think that's yes. the DeSantis we, we fell in love with back when, you know, he was battling nasty reporters during COVID. Chris Christie, look, same, same rule for him as Vivek. If you're one of the 25% of Republicans who likes Chris Christie, you probably said, yeah, good. Now, screw Trump. He did his thing. You know, we're on Team Christie. And if you are one of the 75% who doesn't like him, you probably enjoyed watching some of the other candidates get into it with him and some of the questions that the moderators had. I have to tell you, we were watching it as a team last night and we all cheered (laughs) when you, when you went to Chris Christie on transgenderism, we were like, Oh, this is going to be good. (laughs) This is going to be good. (laughs) You know, I, can I tell you like, and he tried to tell me that I didn't have my facts right on my second question. And of course I did. And he was misleading, but those are the two questions I showed up to ask, Glenn. <laughs> I'm like, you know how much work goes into these things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every single question we ask takes hours and in some cases, days. You know, you have to research so much and then you craft it and you recraft it and so on and so forth. And as you know, this is an issue that's near and dear, not only to my heart, but to most conservatives' hearts. Mm-hmm. And he's been so weak on it. He is, he is too a radical on this issue to be the Republican nominee, in my view. This is way out of step with where the Republican Party is. And um, it's, it's, it was the one reason I wanted him to make the debate. I prayed. I prayed to the God. <laughs> to God and all the angels above. Please, please let him make it. <laughs> um, last night, I thought there was one weird moment with Chris Christie. And I think it really did not look good for, um, uh, for Nikki Haley. When Chris Christie came out and tried to defend her, I, I, that was nice and everything, oh, but I think she should have t- turned and said, I don't, 
need a man's help here. I'm, I'm fine. I don't need anybody's help. I can defend myself. The way she kind of looked down as he was saying that, I thought it made it look uh, made her look weak. And she's not a weak woman. It was her lowest moment. And I, I got to give credit to Chris Dyerwalt because he had said to me, I, here's my prediction. Um, Chris Christie's going to try to white knight Nikki Haley. Mm. And man, he was right. And she did look weak. I felt like, mm, you know, she's been so strong at these debates in terms of defending herself and attacking others. And at all moments, she should have put her hand out and she should have said, Chris, I appreciate the help, but I got this. And then defended herself. And I could only conclude, was it because she was shaky on the Ukraine, you know, counties, like the, the provinces? I could, she did eventually come up with a few. I, I couldn't read it. Like, maybe she doesn't know the answer and she's stalling or she just wants yeah. this moment to pass because I read that a good moment for her. I read that moment with the three provinces is, wait a minute, I know them, but are they provinces or regions or those cities? Mm-hmm. You know, just that, that moment of hesitation where you don't want to get it wrong. And then that moment just passed her. And then, yeah. and then she came in, unfortunately for her, when everyone was talking and nobody really heard her give the answer. And I still don't, because I didn't hear all of them. I don't know if she was right or wrong. I know. The only one I heard is Crimea, and I'm like, oh, we all know that one. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, so I, it is awkward, and it could be if, if the body language were different, it could be the power move to not take your opponent's little test, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I can see that being like, screw you. I don't, I don't take your little exams, Vivek. You're not at Harvard anymore. But... Her body language was not projecting, I am no. confident, and I am dismissing this twerp. It projected, I have no idea. Help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was not her finest moment. And I do think, I bet you there's going to be a little movement in the polls after this because DeSantis, you know, it was like, it was the guy we kind of thought he could be. And it wasn't in any way set up like this, but DeSantis had issues that are important to him. Mm-hmm brought up last night. And it's not like we said, oh, let's, let's bring these up for honest sins. We brought these issues up because conservatives care about these issues. Yes. Trans, the vaccine injury, COVID. Um, and he was very strong on those. He hasn't really had a chance to speak to a lot of these issues in the last debates because you got the Univision anchor out there talking about the dreamers. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, Megan, I, th- I agree. I thought DeSantis was really good last night. What did you make of the one exchange where he wouldn't say whether he thought Trump was fit to be yeah. president or not? That was the one yep. moment where it seemed it was uh, it was very strange to me. Did did you think he wanted to say no? He's not fit. Did you think he wanted to say yes? He was trying to walk the line. What was he doing there? Yeah, I mean that was the, when I said he did great, except for one moment. That yeah. was the moment um, he did not handle that well. And I, I got to give credit where it's due. Chris Christie is great at that kind of thing. Yes. He didn't answer it. Like forensically diagnosing somebody's mm-hmm. bad answer. There's no one better than Chris Christie at it. And he's, he honed in on him and it was uncomfortable. DeSantis doesn't want to make news. He doesn't want to alienate the Trump base with the big headlines from him saying Trump is unfit. So he was, you know. But why not say right now he's fit? Mm, he doesn't want to say that either. He doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think he understands that there's a certain psychology w- within the Republican Party that is recognizing the two people likely to be the nominees are too old and they are really not as fit as we'd like them to be. Either one of them. Let's face it. 
And uh, so, do you think really that hey, a forty-five-year-old man? Hang on, just a second. We because uh, I think I would love for the Nancy Pelosi generation to sit down and and retire. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let the younger generation now take this. Um, however, uh, do you think that Donald Trump has faded from where he was in 2020? Yeah, I do. Huh. I mean, I take him over Joe Biden any day of the week. Joe yeah, Biden, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to you know, fill out this term, never mind a second. But there's no question Trump has lost a step or multiple steps. He is confusing Joe Biden for Obama. I know he's now saying he intentionally did that. Go back and look at the clips. It wasn't intentional. It was very, look, any of us could have a slip of of the tongue, but it's happening to him repeatedly. The reference about how somebody's going to get us into World War II, um, confusing countries, confusing cities where he is. And it's happening more and more. With all due respect to Trump, this is what happens when you're 77 years old. Yeah. Trump. Seems inhuman, but he's not inhuman. He's a human. He's a, he's a man. DeSantis' line about father time spares no one was a good one. Um, so, look, if it's between Trump and Biden, I don't think there's any question who's more fit and who's capable. But are we really going to pretend that Donald Trump is just as vibrant and mentally sharp as he was in 16? Uh, okay. I only have about 70 or 80 seconds here for this, but do you think Trump is going to jail? Mm, I'm starting to worry. Um, I didn't. He's definitely going to get convicted in multiple uh, jurisdictions. But Andy McCarthy, who's very smart on these things, was pointing out that Judge Chutkin in D.C. in the federal case on um, J6. Yeah. You know, he she hates him. That everybody knows that in D.C. The jury's going to hate him. That he thinks there's a there's some pretty good odds she will not release him from jail pending appeal after his likely conviction. So what does that do to the system? Glenn, that's why we have to have an undercard. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I They, the, they got to run all the way to the end. Somebody has got to run all the way to the end. We have to have an undercard. But, we have to. I mean, that is going to, that, that's just chaos oh, in the streets. Oh, yeah. There will, the, um, America will burn. If they put Trump in jail before this election, God help us. I don't want it. I I just see the reality the same as you do. And we are going to need the National Guard city to city. You know, MAGA is going to rise up and there will be a lot of sympathizers who understand it and don't try to stop it. It, This woman cannot be allowed to do that. Mm. All right. Thank you very much, Megan. Best of uh, best of luck to you today. And again, great job last night. Thank you for bringing a reasonable debate to America. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Glenn. Great to see you too, Stu. All the best. Don't Don't give him any love. I love Stu. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Get off my phone, Megan. Uh, All right, Megan Kelly. Uh, I strive in my life to do everything I can with as much excellence as I can muster. Uh, I'm sure you're the same way. That goes double for what's really important in life. Thinking about things like being a good dad, being able to protect your family, yourself with a gun if you ever need to. That means lots and lots of practice and patience. For that practice, I use Mantis X, and I can tell you my shooting has improved ever since I started shooting. Um, And I'm a really good shot. I went out pheasant hunting. Yeah, that's right. I killed birds. 
I went out pheasant hunting, and uh, before my son and I got there, uh, they they saw I think ten pheasants, and they got three. Rafe and I saw three pheasants and got three. Uh, we're a good shot. Now, I'm a good shot. He's a good shot. But I tell you, I have improved my my shooting like through the roof. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. It is really good. It gives you in real time what you're doing, what you're doing wrong, and how to fix it. Start improving today. Great Christmas present. It's MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. In case you didn't know, the things you do with your money matter. You can often affect change in the country with your wallet as much as you can with your vote. We were just talking about the debates, and of course, that's really important, but there's more that you can do. And one of the things you can do is buy things that are made in America. And when I say that, I mean really made in America, not like you know, people put stickers on all sorts of products that say made in America. But surprise, surprise, they're not always telling the truth. It's hard to know who you can trust, but you can trust American Giant. Good people, good clothing, quality products, a quality place to work. When you buy clothing from American Giant, you know you're getting the true American quality that you want, a product that is made with merit by people who live in this country for uh, and work in this country for a living wage. Every stitch of thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink is made and assembled right here. And you're not just buying clothing. You're investing in the process that will help save our country. So why not do something about it? Uh, you can get back to the independent spirit of independent manufacturing in America, and American Giant is doing their part as well. The cotton, the milling, the cutting, the sewing is 100% American. You're going to find stuff that's cheaper in certain places, but it's not going to be the same quality, and it's not going to be played, made right here in America by American workers. Uh, the American Giant uh, patch means something. There's an American Giant in all of us, so go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn, American-Giant.com slash Glenn, Great place for a holiday present. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Glad you've uh, joined us. Let me go to Lori. Laura. Sorry. Lori in New Mexico. Hello, Lori. Hi, Hi Glenn. How are you? Very good. What did you think last night? <laughs> what did you go going into it? Who were you for? And did anything change? I'm, I've, I've always been a Ron DeSantis person, always, 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 always. Um, and uh, I thought last night that Chris Christie might have farted and, and blew Nikki Healy off the stage. So, <laughs> I mean, but every time they did, they did a side shot of him, I was so afraid. <laughs> that was unfortunate camera work. It was. Uh, it was. It was. As a fat man, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, thank you so much. I I appreciate your uh, phone call. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. You can call us now. We've got uh, we've got another uh, grand hour of uh, the broadcast. Um, next, we have persecuted from within. How Christians are being persecuted within the church. That is coming next. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program.